thank you all for being here on this uh, warm, humid morning, July morning, July 1st already. Um, it's good to see so many people out as always. As uh, one, uh, one of the monks I practice with uh, said, like to say, the more uh, meditation is like a fire, the more... Uh, meditators the uh the hotter the fire not that we need any extra heat today but um but it's good to be able to practice with that extra energy from all of us sitting together um i'm sitting up on a chair not to be more teacherly but uh because i will have surgery on my knee in about two weeks um so it's all right but it doesn't do real well sitting for real long cross-legged um and yeah, so Mato asked me if I would uh, do a talk uh, sometime soon, because actually after the surgery, um, two weeks from tomorrow, I will uh, be heading to Washington, Pennsylvania to uh, coalesce for a couple weeks um, with my parents, and after that I will be moving to Bradford, Pennsylvania, so I think I'll be around in, in two weeks, I won't be here next week, but... Um, after that, I will be uh, yeah, no longer a, a resident here, at least not uh, physically, spiritually, certainly, uh, in some sense. Um, and, yeah, it's been wonderful being here. I'll really miss um, being able to participate so easily. I will still uh, uh, be here. I'm try to probably make it once a month or so. Um, but it will certainly be different um, not being here all week and, and um, being a part in that way. Um, so, yeah, the talk that I wanted to, uh, what I wanted to talk about is uh, I decided with Mado recently that uh, I will be going through uh, Jukai and being conferred precepts and sewing uh, uh, Rakusu, which uh, these three are wearing, um, as the, what's the, the ceremony for uh, lay ordination. And it's something that, that Mado and I have been talking about uh, pretty much since the first day I got here, uh, almost exactly a year ago, last August, I guess 11 months, and um, something I've been sort of um, on the fence about the, the entire time. And just kind of in the last uh, couple of weeks, I really decided that it was something I wanted to do. And uh, so I thought I would talk about the, the process of this, um, kind of what my, my doubts were and what my reasons were for uh, deciding finally uh, to do it. Um, and so I guess first when I got here, I thought, you know, I wanted to move here, obviously, to try to, maybe not obviously, but I wanted to try to, um, deepen my practice in some sense by living in a, in a space that was really built, uh, that exists for the purpose of, of practice. And I, uh, I've been a meditator for, I don't know. Five years, I've had a mostly a daily practice, so it was after four or five years that I moved in here, and I thought, okay, this is good to take some sort of next step. I, I've always thought, uh, I, love, I love being a teacher, it's what I, I do for a living, basically, as a, as a college professor, and I thought maybe there'd also be possibility to, to teach, or at least to sort of organize and lead a group, and I thought, okay, maybe this could be the first step. 
Um, so that's good in that sense. Um, but at the same time, I also uh, really resist um, formally being a part of, of groups, um, or formally or in, informally in, in a lot of ways, um, any kind of formal group. Um, I really resist it, and I never really, despite the fact that I had been practicing basically Buddhist meditation for four or five years, I, I, I didn't really like to call myself a Buddhist. I'm still sort of just now feeling, feeling like that's something I can do. Um, and this is something that's really kind of always been, um, been a part of me, is, is feeling very skeptical about subscribing to a group um, you know, I've never really, I've never had like a click. I've never been a, a punk or a skater or a, I don't know, whatever, like as far as fashions go in, in school. Um, you know, I never kind of had distinct fashion or style or wear whatever clothes, you know. Um, you know, some people really kind of go through life and, and, and not as a judgment in any way, but okay, I'm this and I'm this and I'm this, it's just how they do it, I, I really tend not to do that. And I, I really have to believe deeply in, in what I'm doing um, to subscribe to something, especially with what appears to be so many kind of rules and forms and ideas. Um, it's, it's very difficult for me, um, partly because... Um, <coughs> I, I also really like... Rules, not in the sense that I like to have. I need to have rules, and I need rules to follow. Uh, I just, I really respect them, protocols, um, to such a degree that um, I, I feel like if I am going to go into a system, be part of a group that has the sort of regulations um, or just even an identity. Not that there's really a lot of regulations in, in Zen Buddhism, in a sense. Um, I, I, I really I can't I can't do it half-heartedly. Um, I remember I almost joined a fraternity freshman year of college, and I was always a little bit skeptical of it. It was a group of about forty guys, and I remember thinking like one third of them I like, I'd be friends with. Um, you know, one third of them are all right, um, they're fine, and one third of them I really didn't like. Um, and, you know, I talked with a couple friends of mine that were the same freshmen as me and they were getting into it. They said, yeah, same kind of thing, but there's enough people that I like. And for me, it was just I actually I couldn't do it because I can't join this group with this even just, you know, probably less than a third, maybe 10 out of the 40 or 50 guys that I just didn't want to really be associated with. And for other people, I noticed it wasn't really they, they, they had the same kind of reservations about certain people, but they just it wasn't as big a deal um, and I think part of this comes from um, what I've kind of learned recently about my personality. Um, I, I, I like these kind of personality typologies. I've studied the, the Myers-Briggs a little bit. Uh, and just in the last few months, I've learned a little bit more about the Enneagram, uh, which has nine types. And, and part of me wants to just reject this and throw this out, like you can't put people in these boxes. But when you take the test... And then you read about the description of what personality traits you might have. It's, it, it, it speaks to me in a way, and I find it helpful. And 
the Enneagram, they're numbered because they come in this diagram, which is why it's a gram. I don't know why you have to call it. I don't know quite that much about it. But uh, I'm a number nine, and uh, number nine is the, the type that is, has a little bit of every type in it and resists being kind of in any one place. And so it's a sort of identity of uh, non-identity in a way. And I, when I read that, I thought, yeah, that's, that's really how I feel. I notice I, I don't have a lot of really distinct personality quirks um, that like people will copy, but I notice my friends that do, I tend to copy theirs. And, and at some point I, I kind of thought, um, okay, who am I? I don't have my, you know, who am I if I'm constantly just changing so much from friend to friend and from group to group? And I just go along with the flow, not because I, you know, can't stand up for myself, but I just don't have anything a lot of times to stand up for, so I just kind of go with the flow. Um, and, you know, so I've kind of come to terms with like, no, that's actually, a, it has a lot of upsides. It has some difficult sides of sometimes wondering about identity, but it has some, wonderful sides of, of being able to get along with, with a lot, with a wide, wide range of people um, because I don't interfere so much. It definitely has its drawbacks as well. So anyways, this is all just to say that the, you know, according to kind of personality theory and even the Myers-Briggs, which is another system for personality um, types, I'm kind of similar of not really one thing or the other. And so... Uh, it's just very hard for me to call myself something or another, even, you know, and one last example, like in academics, you know, I study literature for a living, and there's the Marxist school, there's the Freudian school, there's the, um, I don't know, Deleuzian school, and I just try to use a little bit of each one when I can, and um, don't really see any advantages or any reason why I would be this or that, um, so, so anyways, I, kind of thinking through this, I realized that, um, you know, part of my resistance to this comes kind of just from, from how I am, um, personality-wise, and just kind of how I uh, see the world, that it's a very difficult thing to identify with a group to call myself something, especially, it's one thing that I really liked about Buddhism, because it kind of fit in with this, this personality, of, of the, this trait of my personality, is that you're trying to take off labels, you know, as, as we talked about here, sort of trying to remove these post-it notes from us that say, I'm this, I'm that. And I thought, that's great, because I don't feel like I really have any anyways. I'm sort of this amorphous thing, uh, so, and I'm trying to, you know, embody that as well as I can, so that's, that's fine. But as, as a consequence of that, I always thought, so how can I call myself a Buddhist if we're just trying to remove these labels? Um, why would I put one on that says I'm a Buddhist? I'm, you know, wearing a, a rakusu. I'm, I've taken the precepts. I'm in this group, um, and 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 other people haven't. Why would I do something that would kind of create this dichotomy and and, and identify myself in a certain way? Um, so yeah, I, I was trying to work through that, but at first I thought I would kind of right away, just because. You know, it's, it's a ceremony for, for a dedicated layperson. Um, and as, as Mado has, has mentioned in some of her talks and in our conversations, that, uh, you know, it's really not 
often a decision that you make, I want to do this, you just kind of find yourself in that situation. It's kind of a calling, you're called to it. And when I first moved in here, I thought, okay, I've been practicing Buddhist meditation for four or five years, just because when I first started meditating, I was learning about different types of meditation and, and um, various types of Buddhist meditation really called to me. So I was already just kind of called to the simplicity of, of Buddhist practice, especially in, in Zen Buddhism, the simplicity of Shikantaza, of just sitting, um, spoke to me a lot and was, was something I practiced. And, and here I am living at, you know, in the, the ground floor underneath a, a Zendo, um, and I'm really enjoying participating and serving the community through, um, you know, uh, mowing the grass, keeping up the grounds, uh, cleaning here, um, keeping the fire lit in the winter. Um, so I already am a dedicated layperson. Um, so, okay, and according to what, you know, Mato and I have talked about, like, I already am that, so why not go through with it? Um, but I realized that I was still hesitating and still withdrawing, and that wasn't quite... Enough. That was definitely kind of a key part, um, but it wasn't quite enough, and I never really pursued it. We kind of talked and started talking about the precepts, and I started reading and um, was interested in it all, but never really decided. Certainly, it was something I wanted to do until um, fairly recently, and uh, a couple of things, a couple of conversations and just reflections on my own. Um, really led me to decide that it was something that, that I wanted to do. Um, one of them was getting in touch with um, my doubt. Um, I think the first um, Doku-san, the first interview that Meido and I had, uh, was right before I, was, I had left for Spain, and I was, my practice had gotten strange over the summer. Um, I didn't, it was really hard to describe. I didn't quite know what was happening, but my meditation didn't quite feel right. Uh, I felt kind of confused in my meditation. I didn't really know what was going on, and I remember um, kind of rambling, trying to explain what was happening at, at Mado, and, and I think she very insightfully said, you're experiencing doubt. Um, and it is, it is one of the hindrances and a major hindrance um, it's something that was that I was struggling with, um, and and she mentioned two kinds of doubt, um, kind of a, a good kind and a bad kind. Those are of course very relative terms. Um, that there's a kind that can that can kind of cause fear and, and pull you away from something, uh, especially in the context of meditation practice, a doubt that, that pulls you away from the practice. Uh, but there's also another kind of doubt that's uh, sort of almost like a Cartesian doubt of, of inquiry, of, of looking in what is this, what's going on. Um, and to notice both of those and to realize, and, and I realized that I really was curious about what was going on and that in a sense it was kind of drawing me into the practice. Um, so anyways, this conversation kind of had come up and I realized that um, that there was actually a really good side to all this deliberation and all my sort of deferral of, mm, I don't quite want to do this yet. Yeah, I'm still kind of thinking about it. don't quite want to do it. Um, that it was a sort of necessary space for me to, to really think about what it meant. That I, as, as I've mentioned, it really has to, to mean something to me to, to get involved with, with a group. 
Um, because I, I want to, there's a part of me that wants to not have doubt, that wants to really be able to just do this um, fully. And so that was something that I realized, okay, all these doubts I've been having, and they really aren't something that are, are, are negative about this. Uh, on the contrary, it's, um, it's me working through it in, in my own path. It's just a part of the path that I have to walk. Um, and then a couple other things happened as well. Um, when Sokuzan was here, a teacher from uh, Michigan with a sister center uh, with some of his students and gave a talk, and many of you were here, um, he was talking about ignorance and sort of not naming things and not getting too into things, and this kind of raised this question of, okay, do I call myself a Buddhist? And so I asked him, you know, why would I call myself a Buddhist if in Buddhism we're trying to take off labels? And one thing he said that surprised me a little bit. He said, yeah, I mean, if you you really pushed me on it, yeah, the term Buddhism, hmm, maybe it doesn't really work. Um, The only thing, I think he said something like, the only thing I could really say if you really pushed me on it is, you know, not separate. Um, And it surprised me a bit because he just kind of agreed. (laughs) Yeah, I realized that I was maybe making um, more out of the term than, than, than what it was. And, and Mido also kind of followed up after that question. Uh, maybe the next day or two days later, she uh, um, kind of said a similar thing about, uh, I think, you know, wearing the robes lightly. That uh, no matter what we do, um, or at least this is, this is not my interpretation, I don't think this is what she was saying, but um, no matter what we do, it's, in, you know, in, in this realm, it's not quite... Um, Perfect, you know, as, as as we say, we're we're not uh, stone Buddhas, we're flesh, flesh and blood Buddhas. So these are relative terms. And she also mentioned a story um, about her resistance to, I think, um, becoming a priest, uh, and maybe also to Jukai of a sort of, I think, what you term inverse narcissism or reverse narcissism that. Um, this sort of, oh no, I'm not, I just want to be a humble person, I don't want to be, you know, part of this, Um, just want to practice, or just want to do this. And I think she was just kind of telling me and sharing her own resistance, but it really sparked something in me that this whole resistance to calling myself a Buddhist was a bit of pride in the philosophical observation that, oh, it's a paradox to call oneself a Buddhist, and so no, I won't do it. You can, you guys can all do it if you want, but I have this sort of uh, clever analysis that makes it impossible to call myself a Buddhist. Um, and I still, and I still hold that. I don't think it's just purely the sort of philosophical pride that I, I came to this conclusion. Um, but I realized that I was holding on to that sort of resistance and that this idea of a calling again, I mean, it's, it's kind of absurd to why, why, why should I not call myself a Buddhist? I've been practicing Buddhist meditation daily for, for years. I live in a, a Buddhist center. I'm really dedicated to the practice. Uh, I find the teachings very instructional, very helpful. Um, so that kind of pushed aside that hurdle as well. And I think in that same conversation, the last piece came in a very unexpected way that, that Mado said that, you know, it has to be something you can do wholeheartedly. And when she said that, I, my, my, my heart kind of sunk because I thought, how can I possibly, with all this doubt and all my resistance to be a part of anything, 
can I ever do anything? Can I ever become a, can I do this wholeheartedly? It just seemed immediately kind of impossible. Um, and curiously within the next, I don't know, that day is the, the conversation kind of resonated. Uh, something, a switch flipped going from this kind of, um, how could I do this wholeheartedly? That seems impossible. Uh, to realizing that, um, that I, I had, I have been practicing meditation wholeheartedly for many years. It's become a, just an absolutely fundamental part of my life, um, in, in major ways. Um, and I realized that, um, it's not exactly the meditation practice I'm after, um, and that what I'm after is something kind of beyond anything I can put a name on, uh, as I think any Buddhist practice is, as, and Zen really puts a big focus on this, with the, the, the Prajnaparamita, the, the mantra of gone beyond, gone beyond, beyond, that it's nothing you can really name, it's always something beyond that. And I, and I got the sense that, you know, actually the, you know, we can't really, no matter what we do, we'll never be able to name this and never be able to make it into a perfect thing that, okay, now this set of rules seem good enough for me. I could subscribe to this, but that my, uh, that what I'm dedicated to in, in some mysterious way um, through practicing this sense of um, caring for myself and caring for others, um, as I believe meditation really is, is an act that, before I even really learned about the bodhisattva ideal and the idea that um, we, we sit in Zen to save all beings, I realized that just a sense that I, the, the sort of positive spark, uh, the sort of live spark that I got and I felt that I could grow through meditation was something kind of contagious and therefore something um, that, that all beings could, could benefit from in a small way. Um, I just realized that those, whatever Zen is aiming at, sort of in the dark, you know, beyond, whatever, whatever the beyond is in Zen and whatever my beyond of my practice, um, we're close enough to each other. I think we're, that, that we were sort of after the same thing, um, aside from, you know, all the forms which you can adjust and you can discard or you can embrace, um, that, yeah, that it was really probably after um, the same thing. And uh, and then I guess that was sort of the last piece, but there was maybe a, a sort of a, a little cherry on top that talking to Mato about this and explaining basically what I've explained to you of why I decided I wanted to to do this is she said, you know, the, the beyond isn't necessarily this, this mystical beyond, which I like because I love mysticism, um, literature and whatever um but um but just the beyond of beyond the self um and that really struck me of as yeah this is the beyond that i that i am aiming at that, um contributing to um the welfare of of all beings and that's you know right at the center i never quite realized but had had been right at the center of has been right at the center of of Zen and Mahayana Buddhism with the, the Bodhisattva ideal of, of helping all other beings. And, um, and I don't know that, you know, I realized I don't really have to know that I'm going to continue with Zen forever, which is, I think, something that I wanted, like, oh, can I really commit to this? But 
Um, maybe I'll practice in a different way or you just don't know really what's going to happen. But um, it felt really true enough in my heart with the circumstances of, of Oan and uh, my year here and the time that I've spent dedicated that, um, that it was something I could dedicate myself wholeheartedly to, even if I don't quite know what it is. Um, uh, and, and a strange paradox, um, sort of the, taking this aim in the dark of going after something um, that I believe Zen is, is also about, even though we might talk about it in different ways and, and um, express it in different ways, that it's, it's, it's close, it's very close enough that I, I feel that I can um, start on, on that path. Um, and yeah, so I'm really looking forward. And, and Mado mentioned that for her, when she decided, I think, to, to, um, to either do Jukai or become a priest, that it was sort of like a, a stone rolled out of the way of the path of, now I don't have to worry about these questions and asked me if I felt that way. And I said, no, but that's interesting. Um, it didn't really dawn on me at the time, but kind of since she's mentioned that, I. I do feel really a certain enthusiasm, um, renewed enthusiasm in my in my practice and in, um, and going through the ceremony um, whenever that will happen. Um, so um, yeah, I do feel kind of renewed by it in a way that I, I really didn't expect because I sort of I don't have to spend energy sort of debating myself over it. Um, I, I feel committed enough. I'm sure at some point the doubt will come up again, um, knowing my knowing how I am, knowing how humans are. Um, but, um, yeah, I think that's uh, my talk today. Thank you. We have two or three minutes left until we need to go out for our outdoor walking meditation.